Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And an engagement like this, that's why we take such invitations seriously and also uh, engage the public and also the decision makers in our lobbying strategy. So to, uh, to add to that, yes, we can do more, but that is the way to go. And, and I can give a clear example on the excise duty that was uh, one of the taxes that was table. And in, in that engagement, the, the intent of the said excise duty was then targeted at concentrate, fruit juice concentrates. Mm. However, if you carefully look at the uh, Ghana Statistical Services report, it does indicate fruit juice as about a second driver of inflation. Nonetheless, in that excise duty implementation, we had indicated to government that when you implement this excise duty, it affects factories like Ekumfi, uh, factories like um, uh, Blue Skies, because the intention of the said excise duty tax was to target concentrates, which is mostly imported, and it inf- uh, affects the, uh, the import inflation that drives inflation high. So to a particular policy like that, we expect an exemption for the local industries and local farmers that are producing pineapples, uh, what you call all the fruits that is converted. Mm. If you do not tweak it like that and, and, and you implement such a policy, you go to kill uh, local industries. So some policies has good intention for a manufacturer because it gives uh, some favorable competitiveness to uh, producers, but if you implement it blunt like that without get, giving the exemptions where it's needed and you do not listen to us, they create the confusions around it. So that engagement matters. And he asks the question, so what is our ex- expectation in the tax handles in the incoming uh, budget? If you carefully re- read the program report of the IMF, the drive of IMF currently on this issue is to do what they call the medium-term um, medium-term tax revenue strategy. That suggests to you that they, may be, they have high appetite to go out there to rake in more taxes. Mm-hmm. And on the cliche that uh, our debt to G- no, our tax to GDP is low. Our tax to GDP is low, and I'm, and I'm very of grateful. Course, when you look at the sub-region, there <laughs> yeah. would be comparatives that we can no, deal with. And, and, but, but you need to situate it, and that's why I agree with uh, uh, Professor Bob King on that aspect of the argument. You should realize that where there's high informality, and I, an economy is a, a highly informal economy. Extremely. It, it, there's a correlation between that and industrialization. And when there is industrialization is low, of course we cannot create jobs. And the Ghana Statistical Service has demonstrated that there's high import inflation. That goes to tell you that our productive base has been weakened. And if your productive base is weakened, there'll be high informality, there'll be low taxes. So you need to look at the structure of the economy. Where there are rigidities, we keep repeating that, it must be fixed. It can be fixed through the agriculture sector. And I was excited to see the Obatampa project 
in the previous budget. Mm. Actualizing the Obatampa project, it's a challenge. We can say that there are slippages to program execution as they roll out in budget. It's also cost-intensive. However, Again. that is the sort of intervention we expect beyond the IMF stability. They should find the funding from World Bank, Africa Development Bank, to unlock that rigidity in that agriculture space and make sure that that concept ties in with the value addition, ties in with uh, integrated, what you call, value chain supply, and that ecosystem becomes an opportunity to untie that rigidity that will lead to the inflationary basket being dropped. And the statistician has demonstrated beyond reasonable doubt that the trends are on the food basket, the beverages, and how do you untie it? That's what we're against, the excise duty and as I've explained earlier on. Mm. So for you to untie that in this medium-term budget as a policy intervention, Obatampa Project is a good initiative. Okay. Find the funding, get a gang around it. National Service personnel are sitting home doing nothing. They, they, we have the human resource to execute that. That can become an opportunity to unlock it. And therefore, they to influence the tax handles. Our expectations in this current document of the IMF that is... Uh, the foundation upon which this uh, medium-term budget will be rolled out is to look out for new growth poles. And therefore, I'm giving you a clear example about the Batampa project. Right. If you put in funding, you could go in there and tax that aspect of the project to work in fund. But as okay. it is now, we have a very weak processing and, 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 and capacity yeah. as industry. And the productive sector currently is very weak and we need and it has been demonstrated by the statistician that the total of imports now is higher than the domestic production and what the implications are is that as a matter of fact within when we go into the peak season extinct rate factors will shoot up again and and, and, and that, that is exactly what we're trying to avoid because when we get to that point and it happens during different portions of the year especially getting close to the end of the year mm -hmm. then we're going to be in in very heady uh, waters but there's a message that comes through from samuel Owusu-Ajay, and he says uh, the internal audit bill is very important. We get the revenue, but the internal controls. Please ask Parliament. Let me uh, briefly bring into the conversation Yara Pialate. He's a partner, financial advisor at Deloitte. Mr. Lati, a very good afternoon to you. Hi, good afternoon. Good to have you uh, join the conversation. Now, you're joining a bit uh, while we've gone neck deep into it, but I'd just like to find out from you right off the bat. What is your appreciation of the IMF program on the real sector of the economy? And to add to that briefly, do you feel this administration, this government, has exhibited enough leadership skills in resolving our economic challenges? Well, so thank you very much. I guess for anybody uh, who's been in Ghana over the last two decades, uh, I appreciate the fact that you've gone through several uh, programs, not only with the IMF, but even with other institutions as well. Um, you'll notice that uh, it's a vicious cycle. We do the wrong things, quote-unquote, and then you, you take us back, you take us back to the IMF, and then you correct, and then we go back again. I think what's important is uh, that IMF programs bring uh, to the picture policy credibility. And you can see it reflected in other indicators, um, as in the exchange rate will remain fairly stable. You would have inflation if it's gone at all-time high, uh, trending downwards, even though there are a few things that have to be addressed in the current situation that you find ourselves. 
So even the inflation is supposed to be a bit trickling down or going down, it's not going down because of other factors. But generally, we have some stability in prices. And obviously, that gives us the opportunity historically to go and then treat uh, another situation where we are able to borrow or get additional funding. What we haven't dealt with, and obviously uh, uh, answering your question to uh, leadership from government, it's uh, the factors that took us to the IMF and that has historically taken us to the IMF, which I'll outline. Uh, first one is our low revenue base and lack of um, diversified source of revenue. So our revenue base has significantly been uh, skewed towards taxation. And I hear all the complaints by industry associations. And so we've always worked on taxation. And you realize that in the last two uh, budgets that was presented, uh, you were expecting to break in about 100 billion Ghana cities. 77 billion of that was supposed to come from taxes. So 77% of your tax was supposed to finance your total expenditure for the year. That was, in my view, um, very high risk that you're taking because you have not diversified your revenue sources. So our inability to diversify our revenue sources, not only with the current government, but even for successive government, it's one of the challenges that we are facing today. And if you don't tackle that problem head on, you will continue to have issues. The second issue has been our public debt. So we have uh, increased our public debt uh, significantly in the last um, few years. Um, mainly on account of uh, a number of factors. Some of them are systemic. So I will say, for example, the exchange rate, as your local currency depreciated, your external debt increased. So our external debt has increased roughly by 100 billion in the last three years because our local currency has depreciated. And you can see that that reflected. But there are some issues that I will say it's within the control of government which obviously um, created or resulted in that. I would say of the first one, it's where um, there were three issues. So one is the energy sector issue. So we've had issues in the energy sector. We have to address that. And you mean the IPPs? Yes, yeah, so the IPPs. So the, um, the independent power producers. The second has been uh, our issue with the financial sector. So we try to do the financial sector bail out, uh, financial sector reforms. That also created another debt burden about 25 billion. And then the third has been, um, so you have the IPP issue, you have the energy sector issue, and then you um, have what you say, um, some of the issues that we haven't dealt with properly in other sectors of the economy. So if you fail to address these three or four challenges uh, domestically, you will see that your problem or your debt is compounded over the period. So if you don't address the issues, um, so one of the issues that came to mind, which is unforeseen, was COVID. So the three, energy sector, COVID expenditure, and then our energy sector uh, debt. Okay. These are financial sector debts. These are the things that culminated in uh, the challenges that we had in compound that debt. So you have not dealt with our public sector debt, you have not dealt with our revenue source, which is low, and then you have not also dealt with uh, our challenge with government. So the last one is government not being able to have majority in parliament. So where you are not able to control or have control over parliament and have certain policies passed, you have challenges. 
So this is what has created the problem in the last few years that you realize that that's what we have to go through and navigate through with the IMF program. All right. Uh, a very quick one. I want you to make this very brief before I go back to Professor Bokpin. Who, who then is to blame from where you sit? Where do we lay the blame? After all, we elect leaders to solve our problems. And in this instance, we're told many things on the economic uh, landscape. Where do we lay the blame? Very briefly on this. So I go to Prof. Okay. So I would say it's a combination of experiments our issues. So it's our plan. So it feels to have a long temper and still a long temper. You have a solid. The second is our inability to create some form of Okay, so Mr. Lati, the, the connection is not that good. I'm struggling to hear you, but I hear you talk about a long term plan. Let's try again, see whether it will be better, Mr. Lati. Yes, it will be better now. Okay, I think it's still, the connection is still bad. So let me go to uh, Professor Bokpin, and then I will come back to, into uh, the studio. Prof, are you still with us? Hello, Professor yeah. Bokpin. Yes, I'm here. Good afternoon. Okay, great. Uh, good, good to have you uh, join the conversation again. Now, as we move forward, we'd like to find out uh, what your expectations uh, would be as far as uh, the media budget review is concerned. There's a lot to talk about. We've spoken about what your anticipations are in terms of the macroeconomic uh, targets. But moving forward, what would be your expectations when the budget is presented proper in terms of industry, in terms of taxation? I mean, do you think it's time for this government, for example, to spend more, hence requiring additional funds in the media budget presentation? Or is that something we should stay away from? I think that um, there wasn't enough consultation with private sector, Ghanaians broadly, in the run-up to the uh, the discussion of the IMF program and all of that. And I think what the media budget review should do is to mirror the concerns of Ghanaians, especially the private sector, the SME, that represent the job creation capacity of our economy. If you want growth to be sustainable, growth to be inclusive, you have to align your budget and your fiscal uh, policy strategy to create that enabling platform for the private sector that is supposed to be the engine of growth. If you want to move more towards greater economic transformation and inclusive productivity growth, then you have to align your fiscal strategy with the private sector. So what I'm expecting is that government will have to take another look at the tax measures in the 2023 budget. It's very, very important. Um, it will not serve our interest to actually collapse businesses or push them to relocate from this country all in the name of macroeconomic stability. No, it doesn't work that way. It will not work that way. So I'm expecting that government will be reasonable in the revisions to the tax measures and, and so that we rather focus more attention on tax compliance, administrative reforms and tax compliance as a way of increasing our tax revenue rather than burdening the faithful field 
as we have done over the years. One surprising thing that perhaps, well, if our government is capable of anything is that we have said so much about necessary governance reforms that our democracy is too expensive. We cannot bear it. It's, it's, it's tripling private sector. It's tripling households. Now it's, at the, it's affecting Ghana's middle class. If you look at the effect of the domestic debt exchange, you see that the abuse of tax revenue and all of that is no longer enough. The state is now after our investment. The state is now after our savings. What that tells you is that democracy is good, but the way we are operationalizing our democracy is unsustainable. So we have to find a fine balance between our expenditure line, how much we spend in governance cost, and how much we are able to uh, 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 free up for growth enhancing spending. Right. If we design a system that is solely supposed to make government comfortable, is to come at the expense of private sector and households. And since 1992, the whole strategy of fiscal policy, monetary policy, is just to make government comfortable. And that is coming at the expense of private sector and households. Right. And that is why you see that businesses are complaining, households are complaining, but everything is how government can balance their balance sheet. And year in, year out, across the two major regimes, you see that that government is doing is to make life comfortable for their followers and political party actors, whilst the, the critical engines of the economy, where job creation can come from, is rather being suspended. We cannot make it this way. We cannot tax our way out of poverty. The taxes are already too high in Ghana. Okay. It's affecting savings level. It's affecting investment level. And until we do something drastic about it, we will not make progress. Then I'll come to the IMF program. If you look at the design, the IMF itself acknowledges that they could have done better in the area of expenditure cuts. I mean, I'm looking forward to the media review. Government sending the right and appropriate signal that they are looking at wasteful expenditure, and these are the measures they are putting in place in terms of reform of state-owned enterprises, because they are too inexpensive. All right. Look at the energy sector. <clears throat> With that level of inefficiency, it doesn't matter the pricing formula you put in place. There will always be problems. Okay. Let, let, let me come into the studio now. Uh, Joseph Obeng of Guta is here. You heard Dr. Karewe talk about the, the inputs when it comes to agriculture, labor and everything. And even worse, the fact that now your land is polluted, your water is polluted uh, on the back of Galamse. If you're going into it, many problems. What are the problems? Apart from the taxes, the utility tariffs, what are the real problems you face in terms of importation? And what would be some of your expectations on the back of that? Taxes, for example, are you expecting some of them to go in the media budget review? Yeah. Um, what we should all know is that a vibrant private sector drives any economy in the world. So it is important that we create the enabling environment right. that will make businesses thrive so that we take the whole economy along. And that is what we are not getting right now. That's rather so that we take the whole economy along. And that is what we are not getting right now. That's rather... ...and grow. 
Mm. And that have been the problem because the excessive taxation is what it does to the private sector because we are not competitive. If even we because of that have the capacity even to grow mm. because they are the identified ones who can actually pay the taxes. But when we do that, we are only trying to um, stifle the growth of those industries which otherwise will be the driving force of our economy. Now we're talking about importation. Um, import, importation, I have a serious problem with importation because right. if we, we do more <clears throat> importation, it means that we are not helping our local uh, manufacturing companies. We are not even trying to be self-sufficient. But, but that is what you do. Yes, I, I, I like that. But let me also tell you that the import that happens in this Ghana. You know, we do not own this economy. Ghanaians do not own this economy. That, that is true. The that is a export, fact. The export earnings, we owe only about 60% as a nation. The rest does not belong to Ghanaians. That's why we always have the problem of foreign exchange because it goes and it does not even come because the money does not belong to us. Export, that uh, importation that we do, the excessive importation, only about 20% is for the indigents. Over 20% of the 80% all uh, uh, belong to um, uh, foreigners. And so, whilst we are talking about uh, uh, exports being in the hands of um, um, foreigners, the foreign dominance of this economy, uh, you think about communication. This communication industry, the money that goes there, even the banking is not in our hands. We talk about um, um, oil, we talk about, about good and all that. We are not getting the benefit thereof. And that, um, we have to even think about that. So, if we, we think that we are doing excessive importation, that is not helping the economy, there's a way to do that. That's what we have to use our uh, regulations our uh, uh, investment laws and the rules and regulations to contain mm. excessive importation, imports of teaching. This is the right direction. If you are all, uh, able to identify um, where we have the comparative advantage as a nation and even support those, those industries so that we become a hub of manufacturing of those identified products, then of course we have, uh, we have a way. And then of course, government should do everything so that government, uh, 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 Ghanaian businesses or in investment, foreign direct investment, should be tied up with the local businesses. Okay. Otherwise, we do not have any uh, ret uh, retention mm. here, and mm. all is taken out. And uh, we always complain about uh, our forests. We're going to have to go to Studio 997. Uh, I have a lot more for you in that particular respect, what your real expectations are yeah. in the budget. And uh, just hold for me, Nuong Falong, uh, and, of course, Dr. Ayim Dake. When we come back to the Joy News Studio, we'll address more concerns. But for now, let's head to Studio 997. George Wiafe is on hand uh, with Edward Karewe and Mr. Bedu Abwaje. Over to you, George.
interest in their deliberations there in TV in terms of their expectations and what they want and also the bit about their taxes and all those. But let, let me come back to my guests in studio, uh, my Bidwabwa Jim and uh, Mr. Edward Carraway. And I know that it happens for the major budget. You know, this is initially supposed to be a mid-year review of estimates and now it appears it could be a major review and there are even strong indications that maybe the minister could look at a supplementary budget and all those things. Mark, let me start with you first. Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, has there been any kind of uh, engagement to try and seek your inputs as to what should this be? I know this is not a major budget, but has there been any informal engagement to kind of get your inputs before this presentation? Uh, not at all. I, I think that the ministry has been very poor with consultation mm. and we experienced that during the imf uh, program where we were not well consulted mm. um ordinarily whenever the the budget is like being prepared and it's mm. going to be read i mean there are consultation they bring mm. stakeholders together whenever the the budget is like being prepared and it's mm. going to be read i mean there are consultation they bring mm. stakeholders together our own proposal and send it to them as mm. whether they will take it or not is a different you, you thing taking it to but them. i think that this particular budget review is not a normal review that we've been having yeah. because to make sure that when it comes to any review for the policy measures in the sector they're not taken by surprise where you just wake up one morning then there's a major policy review being announced in the media budget yeah, I think that uh, uh, yes. you just wake up one morning, then there's a major policy review being announced in the media budget. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, yes. I can now expect that since this is a review, a mid-year review, uh, where they are not mandated or required to necessarily make uh, uh, consultations, they have not come to us. Uh, problem first, mm. you know, and I don't know where government has suddenly gotten that uh, those resources to be able to allow for a major review in our budget. I think what government should do and uh, is to try and keep this budget on until uh, the next review because mm -hmm. we have just entered into the imf uh, and, 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 program and, and just for the for an update of our, and our viewers and listeners 2024 budget presentation will be done in november in november yeah. so so I, 
So if they make re a major budget review today, what are they going to, 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 to achieve? So it is better for them to ensure that the 2024 budget actually addresses uh, so much. But when it comes to taxes and so on, of course I know that it's an area that government will not listen much on. Because given the history of our taxes, when we cried foul and said governments will change, it took government a long time before they, mm. they, they did it. So I don't expect that there will be a review downwards of uh, taxes uh, and the rest. Let's come again to uh, uh, food-related policy measures. We've yes. seen a spike in food inflation mm. in the Ghana Fiscal Service uh, data as well. Mm. We're here to get to the harvest season. I, 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 I know the problems that are in the sector and whether the policy measures are getting it right, but for you, what should be done using the media review to deal with the food-related challenges when it comes to a policy measure dealing with that challenge? Well, I think that what can be done is to increase investment. We are already in the major harvesting period of the southern sector of the country. We're going into the uh, minor season for the southern sector in the end of the year and then the okay. major harvest for the northern sector. Um, you can see that uh, food prices are still going up and food inflation is still dominating. Why does that happen? I, and I stand to be educated. Because I, I thought that with, um, with us getting to the harvest season, even the mine and all the rest, uh, that would deal with the problem. But it appears that rather import inflation is driving the food thing. Instead of uh, getting my normal corn here... There's, go, there's already low investment in agriculture okay. from the beginning of the year. So if you invest less, you cannot necessarily your output to be uh, good enough so that is what we are experiencing so for government now getting this signal which information has uh, uh, come from the government statistician and you can see that even in that particular message you also entreated government to investigate you know the challenges the causes of the changing trend because the trend the normal trend is that once we are getting into the harvesting uh, 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 zone, prices will come down, food inflation will come down. But unfortunately, it's rather the opposite. So there's something unique that is causing that, and government must investigate that. Mm. But for the to address it without necessarily saying that that is the only solution, is to increase investment to make sure that the minor and the major harvesting uh, uh, season or production for the country mm. is addressed somehow because it takes about four months maximum to grow maize to grow this mm. and most of the uh, food items so if we increase our investment now we are likely to uh, get an appreciable uh, uh, increase in output and and is the outlook for you uh, that good for the sector that in terms of having the right policy measures we can be assured of food security or still the red signs are up there. Yeah, food security is uh, the ultimate, but uh, and we should not expect. Are we making progress in that area? We are making progress. Of course, uh, as we are already aware, the information on the ground is that food prices are going up, and food prices leading the inflation, uh, national inflation. So it means there's a major problem. That so we are not making progress. However, we can mitigate the rate at which uh, this problem mm. goes up by increasing investment now. And, and, and sorry to cut you, but with the onset of the harvest season coming in, would that actually dampen 
this uh, whole idea about food prices going up a little bit going forward, maybe in, in August and September, we expect that the food inflation bit will dampen a little bit, will slow a little bit. Yeah, it's supposed to. Um, and that's the expectation. Yeah, that's the expectation. Mr. Mark, we do apologize. I mean, for you, you've made several, you, they are, you have a lot of expectation. Yeah. And that is supposed to better your situation going forward. What if at the end of the day, all these uh, proposals are not taken on by government? I mean, what are you planning to do? How are you planning to survive? You talked about some of your members going down and all the rest. How are you going to survive? What is the plan B? Because some are saying that under a fund program, where well, we have our own challenges. Yes, um, I, I think it will be in the... Unfortunately, there's a technical glitch there, but let's uh, get to the chase. Uh, Noam, so I wanted to go to you right before the break. I'd like to find out from your end, uh, in terms of improving funding to the SME uh, sector, we know that our industry is already bleeding. What has the move been to support the SME sector, where you find yourself? And should you know, such funding be targeted at unicorns in, in your various industries? Um, so where funding is concerned, we've, we've heard of a lot of interventions. There have been some interventions that we have applied to, but uh, I have never benefited from any funding that has been issued by government. And so uh, it's quite difficult to speak on that. We know it's out there. We know it's being deployed by some agencies uh, at certain times. And we have applied. We've done our part. Uh, we haven't. There's recently the GSDF. I don't know whether you've heard of that. To, to no, aid. I don't Which one is that? Well, it's one of those uh, being run by the TVET. Yes, the, the, the GSDF. Right. They are giving quite a, a number of, uh, well, huge right. funds to different. Today, when I was reading, I think over 800,000 to homegrown entities. Uh, I think corporate ones launched? also. That, that's quite a range, 88,000 to others. Okay. So let me just note down that one, and then uh, that will be one that we'll soon apply to. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I, I see. Think, uh, <laughs> I think with this uh, funding, um, we, we need a bit more education. Um, me and some other uh, entrepreneurs need a bit more education on how they can position themselves better for funding, because I'm saying this because I want to assume that so far we've been doing something wrong that, that has made us ineligible uh, for these funds. Um, it's also important that we decentralize uh, these funding opportunities so that if we have it at a national level, for example, you can break it down into regional, into district levels. And uh, for example, the Ghana Enterprise Agency has different uh, branch level and district level offices, which I think can be empowered to deal directly with the entrepreneurs because they know them. Uh, and are able to personally assess them better. Um, as for unicorns, I, I think um, unicorns emerge from the environment. So when there's an enabling environment, then unicorns emerge. If any business is still in operation in this economic situation and still pays employees, then they are doing something really good. Um, I dare say they are all unicorns. If you're still in operation, you are a unicorn because there are a lot of issues that we have to deal with. I was even um, 
connecting with what the farmers were saying because when it comes to cosmetics, it's still agro-based because a lot of uh, our raw materials are agro-based, oils, butters, botanicals, these are all gotten from uh, the farmers. So once there's a lot of local inflation also, we're directly affected. You find that in the last year to last six months, our cost of production has literally quadrupled because you're buying uh, a liter of coconut oil, for example, at a certain price, and before you know it, the price has gone up you know, considerably, which directly impacts your cost of production, which means that you have to increase prices. And if you're increasing prices and the people you're selling to, they do not even have the money to come and purchase, that's a whole different problem. It means you've produced, but the products are not moving as well as they should. Um, so create the environment that is required and unicorns will emerge because people are serious about doing business. There's a lot of encouragement from government for people to go into entrepreneurship. But when you talk to entrepreneurs, they'll tell you, uh, there's some entrepreneurs like, I have had days when I wake up and wonder, oh my goodness, why am I doing this? Uh, but you have invested so much into the business that you cannot just get up and fold up and say, oh, I'm done, you know, and that's it. Uh, because you also need to recoup what you've invested at the very least. Um, so I, I believe that we're all unicorns and we all need the right environment uh, to shine. Uh, do, do hold for me, Nuong, and the rest of the team. We'll be coming back to you uh, with some of your concluding thoughts. Nuong, when I come back, I will come back to you uh, to find out about what can be done to help you scale up as SMEs and also boost your fortunes as far as the Africa free trade area is uh, concerned. But we'll take a bit of a breather and then we'll return into the studio to cap off from here before we hand over to Studio 997. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.